Oh, there we go. It's working. We're live. Hey. And I sent a new link in Skype to spread. Let's see here. Did that actually work? People are saying yay sound. So yay, we're sound. up that's again. Just, an, just another night at cat strength. That, Go it, home, YouTube, you're drunk. It wasn't my fault this time, I swear. <laughs> All right, but, uh, I guess for just um, the video's sake, we should probably just restart everything a little bit. Not everything, but greet everybody again. Sure, why not? Sure. I'm not sure exactly when everybody started being able to hear us before, but... Yeah. Well, no, they definitely heard us a while, but this is going to be a new sort of feed. So, anyways, whatever. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Cast Strength, the most professional whiskey channel on the interwebs. My Clearly. name is Vito, and we're, as always, joined by Brad and Josh. Hey. Hey, hey. Again. Sorry about the technical difficulties uh, that we've uh, encountered tonight, but uh, it just wouldn't be a Cast Strength episode without them. So, that is true. you're welcome. That is true. Um, so, yeah. Um, we had a toast. We're not going to toast again. We're going to save that again for next week. But uh, really quickly, I'm drinking Jameson Castmate Stout Edition. Yes. I have the Jameson Black Barrel. And I was drinking Writer's Tears, but because of the technical difficulties, I'm bringing out the big guns and going with Redbreast 21 next. <laughs> Just to suit yourself with? <laughs> Definitely, definitely needed after the last couple of minutes. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, Josh. Yes, sir. Happy repeal day to you, sir. Hey, cheers. Happy 75 years ago, we could drink again in America. Yeah. Happy repeal day to all of our American friends. Little, little uh, repeal day trivia. Do you know what the only company to continuously distill and sell... Uh, whiskey before, during, and after prohibition. Which which distillery is that that still still exists today? Any idea? Um, I'm just gonna guess Henry McKenna. Uh, Old Forester. Old Forester. Okay. I remember hearing yeah. that. I'm silly. I should have. Yeah, because you know, like during prohibition, you could get like <laughs> you could go to the doctor and and or a pharmacist or something and get a prescription <laughs> okay. for whiskey. <laughs> so uh josh 85 years oh 85 years sorry my bad professional as always of course i did all the math sure oh steve a just got done with the party sponsored by old forester hell yeah oh sweet nice uh, they're one of my favorites uh you know bourbon distilleries for sure the 1920 in, in particular of course is amazing oh yeah it, it's pretty tasty yeah um, so the chat knows what we're drinking. Um, everybody, load up the chat with what you're drinking so we can be somewhat jealous. Yeah, um, I can make you guys a little jealous for a minute from what I did last night. I went, to a, I went to a fancy restaurant downtown uh, thanks to uh, the awesome Spencer and Sarah Whelan. And uh, we went to a Balcones pairing dinner at a restaurant called Corner. 
Uh, so it was like a Balcones rep and a bunch of cool people. Uh, our friends here that are in Whiskey Tribe, Ryan and Mahalo went to that as well. Uh, it was just an awesome meal, and they paired each course with a um, – you know, the first one was with baby blue. The second one was with rumble. The third one was single malt and then dessert was paired with rye. Uh, really, really delicious. A lot of fun. Damn, Steve. Well, first of all, um, super jealous of that. Um, Balconis dinner. It looked amazing for the pictures that you're sending us. So yeah. Oh, hell you got the birthday bourbon. That's good stuff, man. Yeah. Stevie had, has a, had quite a lineup. Jeez. Yeah. Crazy. And finishing off with the uh, advent calendar dram of the day. Nice. Yeah, that was what the Krigeliki, uh, have it right here, the Krigeliki 12-year-old. Yeah. What did you think uh, of it, Josh? I really enjoyed it. It's and So this guy it was a uh, hogshead cask, and of course Krigeliki is a space-side distillery, uh, and it's 61.6%. Um, so obviously this is like a, um independent bottler-style cask strength. Um. It was shocking how peaty it was, honestly, to me. I was I was amazed. I was not I was not expecting that at all from Kurgeliki, right? Um, really uncharacteristic. So, really surprising, tasty. I, I enjoyed it. it. Seemed like from the video that uh, Whiskey Vault did, J Daniel enjoyed it as well. So, it must have been something I ate earlier in the day, messing with my brain then, because I just found it just really oversweet and clingy and just weird so i'll have to try it again tomorrow and sure see what's up with that because clearly my brain was playing tricks on me i mean if you don't like it brad you can always just bring it over to toronto this weekend and we can be. drink don't, it for don't, you don't you worry i'll bring you a little sample <laughs> <laughs> yes steve in the chat was saying he thought it was uh quite smoky and peaty as well i totally agree okay um, just be me i'm just crazy whatever you're just crazy man Bye. Bye. um Oh, yeah. Gretchen uh, mentioned the one thing I forgot to mention that they made uh, before they started that dinner last night. They made this incredible cocktail, which, you know, it's something I know that bars do, but I just haven't had something like this for a long time. They um, they used baby blue for the spirit. Um, they smoke the glass with applewood. Mm, okay. Then they had a wildflower honey simple syrup walnut bitters and then a slice of apple with cinnamon on it in the in the cocktail oh it was fantastic nice. okay D dave k in the chat just said that it, it is crazy sweet and he didn't get the smoke either so i guess if i'm crazy at least i'm not the only crazy one so <laughs> well, by, by, by mathematics that's two canadians that said it was too sweet so it's got to be a canadian thing maybe Maybe. That's just science, I think. Yeah, that's. I just si hold on. <laughs> you just science the hell out of that right now. Boom. Um, I don't know. I mean, I I, I feel like uh, there's there's always sweetness in malt whiskey, pretty much, right? For the most part. Yeah. Uh, so. So what? So Josh, you had the Balconis thing. Brad, how was your weekend? Mm -hmm. Uh, it was pretty good. Fairly uneventful. I'm, I'm a boring hermit type, usually. When no, I'm didn't, didn't, didn't your car yell at you, though? My, my car did yell at me that there was an update, which is a really weird situation to have your car <laughs> that is weird. update on you. Ah, uh, technology. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, other than that, just lots of relaxing. 
marathoning it, some it, TV, you know, hang out with the kid. For the for the people at home, it's tough to be the demi host. So it, it is, it is tough. very tough. In just a couple of days, I'll be uh, back on the road again, which is making my hermit status uh, getting called into question lately. But uh, yeah, you, you you claim to be this uh, reclusive type, but I'm just not out. seeing it's it. Not working out lately. You, the last couple of months, it's been crazy. The whiskey is driving him into insanity. That's right. It's really it's, it's just, just driving you out of your comfort zone. It's making you a, a, a more outgoing person. Excuses to get more whiskey and drive the car. That's, that's, <laughs> <what it> is. <laughs> that's <laughs> exactly. What about you, Vito? Do anything? Uh, yeah, well, I was actually in Pittsburgh this weekend. Um, right. I went with my father. We went to see the Pittsburgh Penguins lose to uh, the Philadelphia Flyers and uh, see my beloved Steelers lose a. Uh, Heartbreaking uh, football match versus the Los Angeles Chargers. Ah. So my heart hurts a little bit. Not so much for the P Penguins game because I hate Sidney Crosby, uh, but more for the Steelers. But I did come out victorious because I picked up uh, Lagavulin 16 and uh, the Game of Thrones edition Lagavulin 9 year old. Oh, yeah, cool. That's right. You did send a picture of that. Yeah, I'm very happy about that. Have you opened the nine-year-old yet? No, I have all three sealed, mm -hmm. um, and I have a very, very good friend of mine that's gonna uh, get give me a, a little sample of the lag, like Vulan eight-year, and I'm gonna do a video comparison of the all f uh, and opening of all four. Yeah, that's. Uh, I was curious about that as well. The eight versus the nine. Like, is the nine substantially different to to warrant yeah. getting it? I'm gonna. Well, there, there, I'm gonna do a video. It may be this week. It may be next week. Um, if I can get the sample in time and edit the video fast enough, I might be able to get it out this Sunday. But uh, next Sunday for sure, uh, I'll do that. Right on. Oh, yes. And I'm sorry. Patrick just reminded me. I can't believe I forgot. I shook Franco Harris's hand. Uh, so Franco Harris, for people that don't know sports, this is going to be a real, real quick story. Uh, uh, Steelers legend in one of the Super Bowls, I believe it was. I'm really going to try to remember. Uh, but he's he was the, um, uh, the player that uh, the Immaculate Reception uh, was named for. Um, I may post the link. Uh, in the description below, uh, if I remember, but um, it's one of the most iconic play, uh, plays in Super Bowl history. Uh, I got to my hotel, waiting in front of the elevator. The elevator door opens. This big burly dude just walks out, and <laughs> I just see his beard, and I'm just like, "Oh my god, it's Franco Harris!" I didn't say a single word. I just looked up at him, put my hand out. He shook my hand. And then we just both walked away from each other. And I walked into the elevator, pushed my floor. My father looks at me and goes, did you just shake Franco Harris's hand and not say anything to him? And I just, and I just like nodded at him. Like <laughs> total fan pixie. Yeah. It was, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was a complete awe. I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, really, really cool. Uh, yeah, everyone well, is that's, big that's always fun. Man. Meet somebody famous like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, I saw Dan in the chat ask a question. What would uh, Game of Thrones brisket taste like? Uh, I'm just going to imagine it's like charred by dragon fire, right? Yeah, it's yeah. real smoky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably just burnt to a crisp entirely. Uh, Dan, actually, I was at uh, I was at Dan and his wife Joelle's house for about a 40 person scotch tasting. I think it was about 40 people there oh, wow. on Saturday. That was a hell of a time. So we got to try a ridiculous amount of different scotches and uh, and hung out for a little while afterwards. And yeah, a lot, a lot of fun. And and when my donation came up, uh, I brought Klein Leash 14. Uh, he put up a, a slide up on the TV asking people to come check out none other than our Wednesday streams. Cool. Which is what very, a great cool. week to have a bunch of new people show up to the stream to have to kill it and start over. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, we made a good showing for all those new people. Uh, my Sorry, bourbon guys. journey just uh, joined the chat, and uh, I, hey. I inter interacted with him a little bit uh, in one of Aquavite's live streams. So welcome, uh, my bourbon journey. I happen to forget your the, your name. I do apologize. Um, share it in the chat if you feel so inclined. But yeah, welcome. Yeah, cheers. Good. And everyone, check out his channel. It's really it's really interesting. Um. Steve, so Steve A, Steve A, you gotta go Lestal, man. Lestal? Yeah. Oh, there's the list. I see it. Okay. Uh, Powers, Writers, Tears, Caskmate, Stout, Black Barrel, Lestal, Teeling, Jameson Distillery Reserve. Damn, you got quite a collection there. And uh, Jim Beam Repeal Batch. Yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Lestal as well. I would say the Repeal Batch because it's Repeal Day. No. Maybe you I'm know, just making I, too much I, logic. Fair. You just I think you just swayed right. me. That's true. That's a, that's a good call. What better day to drink repeal whiskey than Mixed repeal day, right? Absolutely. We're drinking the Irish tonight. You have your repeal day. All right. So um speaking of Irish whiskey, as we were talking about the old forester being the uh, the operating distillery during Prohibition and all that. But the other cool thing that I found out when I was kind of preparing for, for today, Old Bushmills Distillery in Ireland was the world's first licensed whiskey distillery ever. It doesn't mean the first people to ever make whiskey anywhere, but the first actual licensed whiskey distillery in 1608. Is that not crazy? That's, that's way too long ago. It was something like 90, 100 years from what I, what I read was b before the first licensed scotch distillery opened. So I thought that was really interesting. So we're really Irish whiskey is the, the oldest whiskey around in terms of you know being official anyway. J J Jason Unsworth just commented in the chat that Irish is the theme on repeal day. And that's so professional. Well, well, Jason, it's only repeal day in one country and there are hundreds it's of countries. So you know, we, we gotta <laughs> also we outnumber the Ameri me and Brad outnumber Josh here, so we forced the Irish upon him. It's true. We didn't I, get very much blowback either. Like, like he was very no, receptive to the idea. No, that's, that's I'm a willing he, participant. He has fun special things that are going to show up soon. Exactly. Yes. Very, very fun. Very special things. There is a there is a tie in though, right? Like the history of prohibition when prohibition came about. Irish whiskey sales plummeted and all these distilleries closed, which is why you only, why today you only have a handful of companies making the vast majority of Irish whiskey brands, either it be out of their own distillery, you know, 
uh, in-house brands or under contract to other companies. You have a ton of startups and things like, you know, Irish whiskey's having a boom right now. But back then, a bunch of those distilleries shut down and uh, who came in to fill the gap, you know, kind of under the table, illicit whiskey coming across the border, Canada. And that's how Canadian whiskey uh, kind of came to prominence in America. Yep. Sp- spreading all of the easily mass produced, cheap, crappy Canadian whiskey and spreading it all over the U.S. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll fill the gap. And keeping all the good stuff to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that's still the case. So um, we have uh, other, I have many Irish whiskeys beside me here. Uh, but I wanted to ask you guys, and, and, and I'll answer as well. Um, a lot of people talk about Irish whiskey as being a good entry point. Like if you want to introduce somebody to whiskey, if they're not very familiar, that Irish whiskey generally, it's got a lighter, more friendly character, you know, just generally speaking, right? Sure. Um, so a lot of people recommend that as a, as a good uh, first taste for people. So if you were picking an Irish whiskey to give to somebody inexperienced, what would that be? Uh, Vito, what would it be? Um, depending on what's on hand, Jameson's always easy because it's everywhere, especially if you're at like a bar. Um, and you just usually the only Irish whiskey they have. Actually, sometimes they have Bushmills, but I'm, I'm not a big fan of Bushmills. I'd much prefer Jameson. Uh, so yeah, if same at, here. Like, if we're at a normal bar, Jameson. If we're at like some somewhere worth a bit of variety, and they had uh, red breast twelve, not the castring, the regular red breast, I would probably lean more towards that than the standard Jameson. Okay, sure, that's a good choice. What about you, Brad? Uh, yeah, probably like the the red breast twelve, or maybe even the Writer's Tears, just because it is so sort of on on the simple end, but you still get a couple of dominant notes that you can play with and. That sort of help them explore and kind of lean into whatever flavors they're picking up that they like and avoid things that they don't like. If they yeah, find it uh, too thin, you know, you, you can up the alcohol content and go with like a Red Breast 12 cask strength to get the higher alcohol. If they like the, the buttery notes, you know, you can go with like a green spot or something that's going to lean more in that direction. Like you can kind of gauge where to go next a little bit. Right. Sure. Uh, Jeffrey Patron is uh, suggesting one I've been very curious about, but it's been a little tough to find around here recently, is the Dunville's PX. Yeah. Uh, I've been wanting to try that. I've, ne- I've never had it, but I've heard good things. Uh, I would probably say, uh, for me, just because I've had good experience with giving it to a few different people, Gretchen enjoyed it, uh, my sister enjoyed it, is the Red Breast Lestau. Uh, this guy right here. Sure. It is tasty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's uh, definitely on the sweeter end of things, of course, the sherry finish and all that, but um, it's, it, it tends to not be an intimidating one. But, of course, you can't go wrong with any red breast, I think. No. If, if somehow you're crazy enough to waste red breast 21 on a new whiskey drinker, it is the single whiskey that my wife actually enjoys so far. So <laughs> I'm not sure that's why right. exactly, but that that's the one that she's like, okay, no, I, I could drink that. That's good. Um, okay. So yeah, um, that would be, you know, recommendations for, for giving to a new person. Now, somebody that's a little more experienced, like want something a little more interesting, a little more unique. What's, 
What would be your all's recommendations there? Probably Connemara. Something. Connemara, yeah. You, you have the added sort of deep, peaty, smoky things added to the butter, so you get kind of a more of a, a combo of flavors instead of the sort of typical, you know, two or three things that you get from most Irish stuff. Yeah, uh, Connemara is fantastic stuff. Anybody's not familiar with Connemara, it's a peated Irish whiskey. It's one of very, very few. Uh, although I understand there's probably going to be more of more distilleries doing that in the future is what it sounds like. Yeah, um, especially with the boom that's happening in Ireland right now, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I watched the, there was a Ralphie video just the other day where he was talking about his thoughts on Irish whiskey and what his favorite ones were, and that was one of his recommendations. I didn't, uh, I didn't watch it. I, I always I have always have an issue with, I see Ralph, a Ralphie video, and it sounds interesting, and then I just see the time, and it's like... <laughs> He's been doing, I've been enjoying his, uh, you know, I, I like, I like his review videos where he goes on into a really in-depth tasting notes and all those things. Those can be cool, but I, I hear it's, it's a lot. Um, he's been doing these Ralphie extras that are more short, you know, like five, six minutes that are not so much about drinking a specific whiskey, but this was just kind of like his thoughts on Irish whiskey in general, which was pretty cool. Cool. And I'm just thinking back now, I'm one to talk with my 13 minute reviews. <laughs> right right you're the canadian ralphie now jeez oh no 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 mark Goins <laughs> in the chat is, is mentioning that tullamore dew is a good starter too and that i would agree with that for sure yeah 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 absolutely um it's a bit too, a bit too um uh metallic-y and thin for me though it does seem like there's a bunch of grain whiskey in there yeah yeah um, but I don't, I don't mind it. It's okay. I mean, I'll take a lot of things before most tell them where, but they're doing some fun, like there's the cider cask finish that I have here. That's, that's kind of, kind of neat. And, uh, the, uh, rum cask finish that they have. And then if you get into some of the older expressions, you know, and they have, they do have single malt versions and stuff like that now too. Um, do you know what the, uh, the do means in tell them do D E W all the periods. Um, distilled on world. No, it's it's it stands for Daniel E. Williams. Um, okay, he's a guy that worked up worked his way up from like the bottom, I guess, at the uh, Tullamore Distillery. So and became like the manager or master distiller or something like that. Cool. Yeah. Um. Real quick, I've switched over to. Red breast twelve cast strength. Nice. Yep. Nice. That's uh, always got to have one of those on hand. Yep. Absolutely. It's, uh, tasty. The, I like it better than the regular twelve, but it's a yep. punch in the face. Oh yeah, a delicious, delicious punch in the face. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So I need to pour something else. Uh, you know, I saw him mention in the chat James Bricker. Uh, it was, he was here in Austin recently, and we got to hang out and drink a drink a little whiskey with our friend Ryan um, just a couple of weeks ago, and he brought me over some Connemara cast strength. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I I grabbed actually the wrong Connemara. I have the regular one here. But... Yeah. <laughs> I also have a 12 year old that I haven't opened yet. <laughs> Brought me this guy, Connemara Cast Strength. Nice which, uh, yeah, we can't uh, we can't get any Connemara here in Austin, unfortunately. Uh, nobody carries it. But 
I took a little taste of it that evening and I haven't really poured any since. We all tried it and we're all pretty impressed, but I figure I'll give it another go here nice. before we get to the really special stuff. Sure. Yeah. Brad, are you still on the uh the what were you what were you on? The, the, the red breast twenty one. A little bit. A little bit. The twenty one. Oh man. So that's the thing about uh that's the thing about Irish peat, man. It's, you know, like the difference between Isla peat and Highland peat in scotch? Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, Isla peat tends to have those like iodine and medicinal and like salty notes and, yep. and things like that. Whereas the uh, Highland peat is still earthy and smoky and everything, but it's a little more sort of perfumey and floral to me. Um, Absolutely. Grass. Irish peat is very much that way, yeah. but still distinct. It's hard to put my finger on exactly. You I mean you've had Connemara, Brad? What? Oh, yeah. uh, what would you think uh, if you were to describe what Irish peat is? De- definitely earthy and not so much into like the meat spectrum <laughs> that I would say a lot of Islas. You know, people. Yeah, yeah. Islas it like, doesn't have that meatiness. Like barbecue or cheese or you know things like that, and it's not so much that. I get a lot of like earth, like almost like grassy notes like almost like uh like a bonfire of dried grass as oh yeah i like that that's a good yeah, like like a like a meadow that is or, or like farmland that's been burned or something yeah. like that right yeah like what you have yeah if, if you were to you know mow the lawn and you had to burn the the dried grass for whatever reason yeah. Yeah, so the the Connemara cast strength is fifty-seven point nine percent, so pretty well up there. Versus the red breast is fifty-eight point two percent. Yep, uh, pretty pretty close to the same. Um, they don't put any you know PPM or anything you know any of that kind of nerdy stats on here. But yeah, I was I was very happy to be able to pick some of this up. Thanks, James. Brought it all the way from Las Vegas in exchange for some Michter's American. You bait out. You bait out on that deal. Michter, well, Michter's American, and then I picked him out a Texas whiskey that I've been really liking, which is the Iron Root Promethean bourbon. I think he's drinking it right now, actually. Oh, really? Did I yeah, miss that? He's, in, he's in the chat, and I think I saw him say Iron Root earlier, so I assume that's the only Iron Root he has. Uh, no, they have a bunch of different ones. No, no, that he, that he has. Oh, that he has? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know they have a bunch of other expressions. Right. Which I'm excited to kind of, which I'm excited to try next time I'm down there. Uh, really quickly, cause I wanted, I wanted to say something about the, the Irish Pete note, um, sort of description that Brad gave about like, um, like just burning, like a burning meadow. Yeah. One, one of my favorite tasting, uh, tasting descriptions that I ever saw about Lefroy because Lefroy has that amazing uh, marketing campaign where they, they just embrace the ridiculousness of uh, people's sort of um, um, uh, reminiscence or, you know, uh, imagination. Yeah, they get people's reactions. Like, like um, uh, Lefroy quarter cast tastes like Poseidon's taint or, and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> stuff, stuff like was that, that an actual one? Oh, yeah, yeah that, that's an actual yeah, yeah. one. That's the one I always remember. <laughs> but there was, there was one I remember, I, I, re, I remember reading one of the, uh, during the, you know, I think it was last year at some point, uh, someone said, Lefroy tastes 
uh, like a burning orphanage. Yeah, yeah, I have <laughs> that seen was that. just so awful. But I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of dark humor, so I, that made me really chuckle. Um, but <laughs> I, I, when when Brad said it, it's kind of like if you lit like some like hay or like a meadow on fire, immediately I just thought of like Anne of Green Gables or like this this um, uh, what's that movie called? Um, the Hills Are Alive, what's the, where she's like dancing the around the field. The sound of music. Yeah, yeah. And I just, I just, I just pictured that in my head, and just like, just a, just a burning background. Just everything's on fire, and she's just like dancing around a little bit because you get like that, that burning sensation, but also like a nice bounce, uh, buttery floral uh, note in, in, in there so as well. Yeah, um, the uh, Mark in the chat said it's his tasting note is nursing home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ty- Tyler's like kissing a burbade who just ate an barbecue. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I've actually gotten a box of Lafroig that said that on it. Yeah, um, that's that's a great one. Uh, Kildjold had a great great question. I have no idea. Are there any Canadian whiskeys that are close to an Irish in style? I'll be honest. I, I don't know of. I'm not, I'm not sure. I don't, not that I am aware of, <laughs> but I don't know. There is uh, one Texas whiskey that's close to uh, Irish in style, uh, and that's made by Andalusia. Uh, they just call it Andalusia Triple Distilled Single Malt. I'd be I'd be interested to try because honestly, I've, I haven't as a as a as a Canadian, I haven't actually had a lot of Canadian whiskeys, mainly because I've never really liked it. But if you if anyone's watched my last the last review I did, I really liked the dissertation, the JP Wise's dissertation. Good, yeah, yeah. amazing. Um, but if Brad's coming to town to Toronto this, this next week, and then we may do a little bit of touring, um, maybe cool. a yeah, we'll, we'll try to find so, something. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to you guys next week after we've done some, uh, some very professional field work. Yeah. Was, there, there's gotta be at least a handful of distilleries pretty close to you, right? Uh, there's two like really close and then there's a couple you know uh 45 minutes to an hour away right on it's yeah. you know it's not, it's not too bad but go take the tours and stuff i've heard that you know i mean obviously the canadian process you know the stereotypical canadian process is vastly different than yeah. than what we would do here right or uh, what happens in scotland or ireland so that'd be really interesting uh yeah so yeah do I've... we want to talk a little bit about um some new laws that just went that just came into being uh, um oh in america yeah, yeah around around repeal day well so it's not actually laws that have come around uh what it is is proposed regulations by the ttb or the what is that tax and trade bureau that they regulate alcohol oh. and, and other things right um yeah, the, so yeah. a little bit Tax and Trade Bureau. So they're trying to, uh, they propose regulations. I don't know how it works in Canada exactly, but obviously you can't put every tiny little thing through a vote in Congress, right? You know, whether, whether, uh, you know, oak barrels have to be defined as a certain size isn't a thing that Congress votes on, right? So they have these agencies that make rules around that. Um, They, the, the process generally is they, propose a bunch of regulations and it was like a hundred and thirty something page document uh, that I found. So there's a there's a lot of content in there. 
and they ask for people, uh, the public and, and, you know, uh, whoever else to come in and comment on that and make suggestions. And so it'll go through this process where they put out their initial version of, of some proposed regulations. And then it may change several times before it actually becomes, um, the, the, you know, the rules for an industry like, like whiskey distilling. Right. And so th then there's a lot more in there. It, it applies to all sorts of different spirits and, and, uh, I think there was beer and wine stuff in there as well. But pertaining to whiskey, whiskey specifically, I thought some of the most interesting things there. Right now in America, it says whiskey has to be stored in "quote unquote" oak containers, hmm. and that's not really that's really really clear what that means, right? right. Just a box. So that, as long as it's made of oak, it's fine. Right? Yeah. If it's made of oak, you're okay. Uh, so they're suggesting to change that definition to oak barrels specifically. Right. defined as being approximately 50 gallons now that's just because the the general industry standard is uh what is it 50 is it 53 gallons yeah, i think i don't know it's like the standard one but yeah you're kind of regular barrel um and there's all sorts of different types and sizes and shapes of barrels of course but um Lots of craft distilleries and smaller breweries and, and et cetera, they, they use the, the smaller barrels of varying sizes, often like a five-gallon barrel, for example. Uh, and there are some, like I was talking with uh, one of the guys that runs Iron Root, Robert Licorice, and he was concerned because they're trying to use larger barrels. They're trying to use 60-gallon barrels. Uh, to slow down the aging process a little bit in Texas, right? And he was concerned. If it says approximately 50 gallons, can I no longer call what I make in the 60-gallon barrel whiskey, right? But, you know, it's again, it's not a law yet. These are just, you know, they came up with a first draft, if you will. Yeah. Um, now, I have a question because I'm, I know that there's like the, like the three, the three, what's it, three-tier system and Mm -hmm. uh, each state kind of governs their own thing for the most part, and the federal the federal laws and state laws sometimes don't, you know, play well together. And now, is this on the federal level, or is this completely separate from both levels? And it's just like an like an uh, like an underlying thing that everyone has to kind of like go by once it gets passed. It's a it, so it's part of the Treasury Department of the federal government. Okay, right. So. Responsible for you know it's 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 federal level. Um, the other interesting thing they're trying to define what a grain is. So so whiskey has to be made from grains, but like, does that count things like buckwheat? Oh, I never thought about that. Yeah, there's can you make, can grains. you make quinoa whiskey? Right? Can you do isn't, things with like is seeds? Isn't there a quinoa whiskey? Yeah, there is a whiskey. Um, I think it's Corsair. Corsair uh, for sure makes something with quinoa in it. But you know, it, it's clarifying: is that okay to to call that whiskey? You know, maybe yes, maybe no. That's uh, interesting. So they 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 were proposing expanding expanding the definition and and really clarifying what that is. Um, also, the the words cast strength and barrel proof aren't currently clearly defined. I mean, we generally understand that means straight out of the barrel undiluted, right? Right. They're actually not legally clearly defined right now, even though it seems like most of the time distilleries kind of follow those rules, but it's, it's good to define exactly what that means. Um, they were 
they were trying to make, in my opinion, kind of too many different designations. Like this is original barrel proof versus barrel proof means it could be 2% different, but original barrel proof means that it can't be any different at all. Um, yeah, weird stuff. Uh, to me, the most important thing was defining state of distillation on a, on a whiskey label. Okay. Uh, if a whiskey says Texas or it says Kentucky or it says Tennessee or wherever, the rules would clarify that um, if it if it uses that state's name as a distilled in this state, it has to actually be grain to glass distilled in that state is, is kind of the suggestion <clears throat> that they're making, which is um, it's interesting. I kind of agree with that, but you know, there's there's definitely sourced product out there that um, uses states like Texas or Kentucky or whatever that that isn't actually genuinely completely made in that state. Right. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be tricky, I guess. Yeah, uh, it's you know the more you think about it, it, it the more complex this thing can get. Um, it's and it's interesting. You think it would be very simple, right? Right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like in order to call something whiskey, it has to at least be in a barrel for at least a moment. Yeah. Right. Um, they're thinking about creating a designation for that. So the distilleries who make like a white whiskey moonshine, you know, unaged product, um, they're going to create a category for that, that it's okay to say this is white whiskey or unaged whiskey. Nice. I feel like that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, it's clear what that is. It's just, you know, to use the word whiskey on the label, it has to make contact with an oak barrel at right. some point currently. So there are distilleries out there that, you know, they maybe have stuff aging and whatnot, but they're putting out moonshine or new make type stuff. There's one here still Austin uh, locally, and they run their product through a barrel and pull it right out. <laughs> they wouldn't have to do that silly step anymore in order to be in compliance what are the the balconies things isn't it aged like aged at least a day or whatever in uh barrels i think (laughs) yeah there's there which one of their products was that uh at least one day in oak basically it rolled through an oak barrel at some point (laughs) exactly yeah yeah exactly um so yeah, and there's there's a whole bunch more. We can probably put this. Uh, I, I found a nice little article kind of summarizing everything. Yeah, we'll uh, it's it, really it interesting. We'll put it in the description, and and you can check it out. But uh, there there was some good stuff in there, uh, but some other things that maybe I I feel like shouldn't make it to whatever the final regulation is. But it, for the most part, I thought it was promising. Cool. Well, it's, right, it's cool. good. I feel like this is well overdue for uh for america to have so, some sort of regulation and the yeah, um, framework a lot of a lot of silly stuff like goes back to prohibition right yeah it would well, same in canada but not as not as diverse as the american one right now i'm sure we'll <laughs> i'm sure we'll hit that point as well as soon but sure yeah. Yeah. yeah i can only imagine with the whiskey boom that's happening globally that yeah. uh right yeah, there's there's bound to be some updates uh, down the pipeline at some point. It would be nice so that we could close some of the weird loopholes that let things like Fireball be called whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need to shut that shut that right down, man. And um, this being considered uh, drinkable. That's, that's uh, a whole other problem. <laughs> <laughs> 
Speaking of uh, speaking of like the labeling and what all the different terms mean and clarifying that stuff legally, uh, are you guys that familiar with with uh, those rules for Irish whiskey? Not really. Um, I feel like Brad should know a bit more about this. I, mean, they're fairly I am close to Scotch, but I'm but a novice. They're fairly close to Scotch, if I remember correctly. But there are like it has to be bottled in ireland to be called irish but i think it can be distilled anywhere like there's some weird things correct me if i'm wrong yeah i'm like not I'm, I'm actually not entirely sure about that but i mean it, it is you're right it is very very similar to scotch with a with a few key differences like single grain single malt of course one distillery made of malted barley or made of other grains others blended means essentially the same thing um the the main standouts are single pot still which is kind of that means it has that signature combination an Irish whiskey of malted and unmalted barley in the uh, in the mash bill, right? Um, and then of course made in a in a pot still at a single distillery, and then there's copper pot, which is like what's on the Irish tier or uh, writer's tears label, yeah. uh, which means that it has pot still whiskey single pot still whiskey and single malt whiskey, which is all malted barley as opposed to a mix. Uh, but it can't have any other grain whiskey in it. Um, same, same thing at least three years old and it's often, but doesn't have to be triple distilled. Um, so your, your single pot still is things like tends to be the higher end. Irish whiskey brands like Redbreast, like Green Spot, Yellow Spot, all the all the spot whiskeys, right? Um, I th and the higher end powers, I think as well. Like the regular powers isn't. I think that's a blend, but uh, the John's Lane and what, there's one called Three Swallows. I think those are both single pot still. Yeah, Three Swallows. <laughs> Sorry. So a little bit ago, I, I added a little bit of water to this Connemara cast strength and just the smoke and ash just jumped out of it. That's, uh, that's really pretty amazing. I mean, you know, it got more aggressive as, as cast strength peated whiskeys often do. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, since we're talking about Irish whiskeys, um, one second. Good segue. Very professional. <laughs> of course. Oh, oh there nice. it is. Wow. There it is. Yep. It's happening. You, that's you finally get to mock my gingerness. I do. We're <laughs> almost like brothers now. If, if, if you and a certain Irish uh, came together, it would be me. Wow. 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 Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, what do you think? I think it's time to break out the special thing that arrived today direct from Ireland. Yes, you, yes. Tell us about you, it. You get the fancy one. I'll get the normal one. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Um, so we were tipped off by by our buddy in Ireland. One of one of our buddies in Ireland. We have we have a couple of them now. It's um, growing. It's weird. It really is, uh, and, and I am not complaining about that. Um, tipped us off that uh, this was going on sale 
from Mitchell and Sons. So what I have here is the first ever single cask cast strength of Green Spot, um, and it is the, aside from being single cask cast strength, it's also finished in Bordeaux wine casks, which I think is unique. The regular Green Spot doesn't have that. Comes in this absolutely gorgeous little hinged wooden box. Very nice. Yeah. Crack this open. I'm so jealous right now. <laughs> and uh, there you go. Look at that. Whoa! Lost the little uh, You're lost breaking the little things already. Lost the little insert. Um, so I'll pull that out. And uh, I got two of them, and then I've got two here for Brad as well. Of course. It's a, it's a habit that I have. You can try some whiskey other at other people's houses. You just have to. Uh, you just have to get your ass down here. That's all. Soon. So, first uncorking of the first cast strength green spot, right here. You you want to hear something that is possibly weird? What's that? The green spot that I got here in Ontario is also from Mitchell and Sons. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Reason. No, they they're responsible for it. Yeah. Oh okay, that's yeah across the range. Yeah, interesting. I think it's one of those deals where they were um, probably ages ago, eighteen hundreds or something like that. You know, they've been around forever. Uh, they were a, a grocer or something like that, and they would also stock whiskey. That makes sense. And so that developed into their own brand of whiskey. Oh, so the color on this is kind of ridiculously amazing. It's like a dark ruby amber kind of color. Was so, it uh, in uh, anything specific? So matured in bourbon barrels and sherry butts, which I think is like regular green spot. Yeah. Recast to Bordeaux wine casks. Uh, triple distilled, of course. Um, it's yeah, single cask. It gives you the the date it was uh, date of bonding. I'm not sure exactly what that means in Irish whiskey, but I assume I assume that means the date it was put in the barrel. It says three eighteen two thousand five, and then uh, matured. It tells you what spot in the warehouse it was in, and this is bottle sixty four of two hundred and eighty eight. Okay, so I'm not sure what the difference for bonded Irish whiskeys is, but a very quick Google search tells me that Green Spot is one of the few remaining bonded Irish whiskeys, so it must be something that is from a very old, uh, you know, set of laws or habits or whatever from Ireland that they don't do very many places anymore. I wonder if it's uh, any sort of similar to American bottled and bond. So right away... This being as strong as it is, uh, what was the ABP? Uh, 60.7%. It doesn't punch me in the face like like a, a whiskey that strong often would. Not at all. Um, I definitely get the wine influence, though. It's like a, it's like a dark fruit 
spicy kind of thing, which is different. The normal green spot has all of that buttery, um, like shortbread. I'm trying to remember. It's been a while since I've had the regular green spot. Um, I think coconut a little bit too. And that's the first thing jumping yeah. out of me here is, is the wine. Don't you just hate when you're trying to research <laughs> something and it, it, it literally it's really good. Is it? Oh man. Glad. Sorry. I just had a moment there. Yeah, it's okay. Real quick. I, I I'm sure everyone hates this. Are you over 21 years old? But not even the normal yes or no. Enter your email address to confirm you can legally purchase alcohol. No, I'm not entering my email email address. You can go. <laughs> you can go and shove it, you hoser. <laughs> Are you trying to order whiskey online? No, I just I was trying to research the bonding, but it wouldn't oh. let, it wouldn't let me. Well, I, yeah, I give yeah. up. Josh, it, Steve A in the chat wants to make absolutely certain that everyone knows that he hates you. <laughs> <laughs> you don't mean that. You don't mean that. Hey, if everybody was here right now, I'd I'd pour I'd pour a dram for everyone. I believe. Oh. That. That's that's just phenomenal. That's good. I was worried. Another uh, friend of ours opened his bottle the other day and was describing it in very harsh terms, and I was very worried. Oh, who was describing it in harsh? Someone Mitch. was. Dis someone said they disliked it. Mitch was describing uh, it as well, like yeah. acetone. I don't trust Mitch though. When it comes when it comes to anything know, but bourbon, he's he's uh, you know. I love you, Sorry. Mitch, but you had me worried. Yeah, yeah. Well, in my opinion, you shouldn't be worried. Okay, good. Um, so check out the color on that. It does look uh, yeah. yeah. And let's say in person here, it appears more red than I'm seeing it on my screen. A little bit more ruby to it. Yeah. Oh, Ryan. Ryan's on his way already. <laughs> well, Ryan, Ryan deserves some of this because he's shared many really nice, uh, specifically American whiskeys. He's pretty close. You could get a knock on your door tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's possibly, yeah. Um, you know, the longer it sits in the glass, I mean, the first thing that jumped out to me was the red wine influence, um, just uh, kind of obscuring everything else. But now that I, I, know I spend a little more time with it, you can definitely tell that it's green spot. All of that super buttery, biscuity, shortbread type notes are kind of kind of hiding there underneath it as the base. God, for sixty percent, man, that's just there's no real aggression to it at all. So it's not quite like the the cast strength red breast then. No, I, I'd say it's it's more rounded than that. Yeah, and maybe but, that's but I find it, I find yeah, I find the, the wine probably a bit spiky, but I don't mind it. Oh I my! Guess. I just uh, yeah, I don't mind it either. I think it's a fantastic whiskey. Yeah, no, I, I like it. So, but this is this is a more is higher proof. But you do uh, it does like kind of get that tingling, numbing thing going on, right? Yeah. This just jumped out to me as being strawberry pop tarts. Oh God, my favorite. <laughs> All oh, right, I'll buy amazing. a plane ticket. I'll see you in Austin again. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> I don't know. I don't often favorite, like treat. What? 
That's your favorite flavor of Pop-Tart? Yeah, the strawberry nice. Pop-Tart. All, just all day, every day. I can just pound those back. I don't often get those like oddly specific tasting notes where I pick out a particular... Yeah, that's, know, a, that's a Brudner-level tasting note right there. <laughs> right? Yeah, maybe I'm getting better, or maybe this is just that good. Maybe. Oh, that's phenomenal. Yeah, I, I'm so glad I bought two. I was kind of questioning myself, like, is it really worth it? But I figured if nothing else, you know, this is the first release of, of a green spot like this. So if I hold on to it for a while, it may be worth something. Or, you know, I hold I hold on to it for a while and I have an amazing bottle of whiskey to save her later. Yeah. I mean, if it's that good, I think you'll probably end up drinking it. <laughs> Sniper Magged uh, Strawberry Pop-Tarts with the frosting. All right. I've never had a strawberry pop tart without the frosting. I feel like that's yeah, just that just goes against do. everything that's right in the world. <laughs> no, they make those. I think right. They're they should not. They do. <laughs> they, they should. should, not. should it should yes. be a war crime, but they do make them technically. So why not? Uh, go just gonna deviate from Green Spot really quickly just to answer John V's um, statement uh, that uh, apparently. Um, Mr. Weddle put a minty note in John's mind uh, when concerning Lagavulin, and mm-hmm. I'm not too sure if if he if there was a miscommunication there because I can I haven't had Lagavulin in a, in quite some time, but I remember having a minty sensation. Now, not a mint flavor, but that sort of effervescence uh, feeling in the back of the palate. Kind yeah, of, it kind of has a lightness. Cools you yeah. down yeah. almost. Yeah, it's right? like so, the like the aftertaste of mint. Like just yeah, the, not the mint the flavor. Sort of so I think that that may be yeah. a bit of a miscommunication or a misunderstanding there because um, I don't recall getting any sort of mint from Lagavulin. And uh, yeah, just go go back to it and try it. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely get the minty finish on Lagavulin. It's it's surprisingly almost refreshing for an Isla whiskey. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, all right. So my red breast twelve is just about done, and I'm gonna think I'm gonna crack open a new bottle tonight. What, what do you, you got? Open? I have gifted to me by Mister Graham Thurston. I hope I'm pronouncing his last name right. I'm pretty sure I am. From Ottawa, Colomara peated. Nice. It was uh, kind enough to pick me. Uh, I think Brad got a bottle uh, as well. That's where my uh, comes from. When Graham was in uh, Newfoundland, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was his daughter or something. Yeah, someone was uh, traveling. They picked up. So your first time having Connemara, uh, Vito? Um, my first time. No, I I had a bit of a sampling of it at the last uh, Ontario uh, meetup, but I don't remember it. As well as I probably should, because I was having a lot of peat that night. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, but, it's it's definitely. I mean, the, the peat is there, but it's if you're having scotch and stuff, it's going to be overpowered by that. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. um, what Konamar did we have in Austin? We had the twenty one. Uh, twenty two. Uh, the twenty two. I think one more, right? Mm, no, I'm just maybe I'm thinking this. Maybe I'm thinking just the regular Konamar peated and the twenty two. Yeah. 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 And again, I don't remember that either because I was uh, very tired and very drunk that entire trip. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> That'll happen. 
Oh, man. Oh, that's Pete. I need to get to Austin now. Damn it. Yeah. Damn it. Brad, let's charter a flight. Oh, oh boy. I'm, I'm like not even taking <laughs> I'm like not even taking sips of it because I just want to sit here and smell it. That's oh, phenomenal. I'm so used to having like um thanks to Brad, uh, things like Dreamcast or like super aged uh, red breast, stuff that's been a ton of time in cherry barrels, right? Uh and you know, and, and you get that same kind of flavor in scotch that um, if something spent a long, long time in sherry barrels, it takes on this really interesting, deep, dark, fruity flavor, uh, and it rounds it off at the same time, right? It always reminds me a little bit of, like, ripe raspberries. But this has an entirely different thing going on uh, because of it being, uh, you know, the Bordeaux casks. It's much more fresh fruit, and then, like I said, the strawberries. That's oh, man. I need some of that in my life. <sighs> Holy crap! Um, yeah, that was worth the wait. So how much? My bottles, Josh. <laughs> Does anyone else get rhubarb pie out of Connemara repeated? Rhubarb pie. Not that I remember, but I mean, it's been a long time since I've had rhubarb pie, too. So <laughs> maybe rhubarb pie. Why am I getting this? That's so strange. I'm getting a like a like a side like rhubarb pie and but like a buttery, a buttery crusted rhubarb pie. I mean, with a side of burning gamey kind of uh, feel to it. That could be part of like the peat. Yeah, like and and a side of burning hay. You know, now that you describe it that way, did I ever tell you about the first time I ever tried Connemara? No. I don't think so. It was in uh it was in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and we had we had rented this Airbnb, right? And uh I was super excited to try the Colkegan single malt and everything, but I ran into Connemara at a store and I was like, Oh man, I've been desperate to try this too, and I can just buy it right on the shelf here. Fantastic. So <clears throat> grabbed a bottle of Connemara. We went back to the Airbnb for the night. And uh, I had been drinking, trying a couple of uh, the Cole Keegan and, and then this, uh, this rye that I picked up that was local as well um, and decided to crack open the Connemara. And then I, the first thing that popped into my head when I poured it is I thought, you're on vacation. You deserve a shower whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> so i popped in the shower with a glencairn glass and my uh and my connemara and now that you describe it as being like kind of a fruity pie but with this side of of hay smoke it takes me right back to that you know <laughs> naked in the shower with a glencairn smelling connemara and for the first time that it what's what's so strange about it is like I'm still, I'm still like frazzled by it because I hate rhubarb pie. And John, I think, is right in the chat here. Rhubarb's like a sour strawberry, kind of. I don't know. I, I, I don't remember it. I mean, it's been it's, forever since I've had it's, it. It's, I, it's usually like at Thanksgiving or some, or like another like sort of fall family function that's there, but I never have it, but I smell it. And it's just ingrained. It's like, wow, that's, that, that's, that's the first time. I th in a long time, actually, no, I shouldn't say that because when I t tasted that dissertation, 
Like mm-hmm. it was like, um, what did I say? It was like a banana nut uh, cake, banana sure. nut bread. Okay, I, but I, like I see the rhubarb. I think it's it's almost like like a jammy kind of. Uh, it's like instead of using strawberries for jammy, you used rhubarb. So it's got like the earthy thing going. Right along with the peat. Yeah, I could. I just poured myself a little bit because I had to try to get those notes. So I'm getting a suggestion to compare a flight of green spot, green spot, cast strength, yellow spot, and red spot. As soon as red spot comes out in the states, I'll absolutely be picking that up. That would be a fun um, do, like a blind flight of all the spots. That that would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Should we should we make that a thing? Like, because. I was I was gonna do just a standard flight of the Lagavulins. Should I do a blind Lagavulin run and you do a blind spot run? Yeah, or something. I mean, I I love doing blind flights actually. I mean, that was gonna be. Speaking of fiddly bits, um, I guess I'll transition right into that. Yeah, um, sure. My my suggestion. I was somebody posted in Whiskey Tribe today um, that. They just had, they wanted to, it was like a confession, you know, like I would just have a a simple palate and I just don't get these tasting notes. And, you know, I have, if I sit down with an Ardbeg and a Lagavulin, I can tell they're different, but I don't know how to even describe what's different about them. I just know I kind of like both of them. And I, you know, of course that's totally fine, right? You can just drink what you like to drink and enjoy it. And that's no big deal. But if, if you desire to get better at, uh, tasting notes and kind of nerding out and picking apart your whiskey. Uh, my point to him was that that's something that can be learned to a degree. And to be sure, there are people that are massively talented at it, just almost kind of naturally. They're gifted, right? Uh, Adam. <laughs> yeah, Adam being one of them, exactly. Um, but to an extent, it's something that can be learned. Um, and for me, I do a few things and I, you know, it's, I've seen improvement over the year and a half or something that I've been trying to concentrate on this and, and, and improve, but I do things like sitting down with a whiskey and trying to write a review of it, you know, rather than just sitting and drinking and going, Oh, that one's pretty good. You know, I sit there and really try and think about it and put words to paper or words into the, you know, computer and then put those out on say Facebook and see what people, uh, you know, what their response is to it. And do people agree or, you know, do they have a, a different experience of it? And so you can learn a lot doing things that way. And uh, and then the other, like you mentioned, is blind flights. That You can learn a lot about what you think you know and what you think you prefer and what's better and what's worse. And oh, oh, I know I know nothing. <laughs> well, it's sure. funny. Like Sometimes you can confirm that what you thought was exactly correct. Like I did one with Irish whiskey not too long ago, and I had I had Gretchen pour me five, six Irish whiskeys. I think, I think it was six in total. And going into it, I thought red breast 12 cast strength is going to be my favorite of this. And I'll be able to identify it right away. And that was completely right. And then I poured a bunch of PD whiskeys next to each other. And I thought, I thought various things about that. And it turned out I was totally wrong. And I couldn't, I couldn't tell one apart from the other nearly as easily as I could the Irish whiskey, actually. You want to do a really interesting blind flight is a selection of peated whiskeys, and then you throw a classic Lottie in there. Sure. Yeah, Uh, yeah. Because it's not peated, but it has a lot of, it hits a lot of the same notes, and it helps your brain kind of separate 
between sort of peatiness and smokiness and barrel mm -hmm. spice that might trick your brain. Like it's, it gets super interesting. Yeah, Mark said I'm using the advent calendar to help with that. Absolutely. That was part of my uh, whole reasoning for getting the advent calendar. Um, the whole drink along aspect with somebody like Daniel, you can sit down, pour a little bit of whiskey every day, see what you think about it, put on the video and see what Daniel says about it. And you're both drinking exactly the same thing. You're getting that kind of instant feedback and, you know, and again, it doesn't mean that your experience is right and, you know, his is wrong or vice versa, but you're at least getting somebody else's perspective that's experienced and knowledgeable. Absolutely. But is he? No, he is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have, I've learned a great deal from, from Daniel, that's for sure. Absolutely. And for those uh, that are catching us on the replay, Daniel Whittington of the Whiskey Vault. That's true. A couple things yes, about that's a good whiskey. point. Uh, Brad, what do you got to uh, share? Well, with the yet a, yet another upcoming gathering in Toronto, uh, as is my <laughs> habit, I'm going to be bringing bringing a whole bunch of samples. And so my you glorious is, bastard is sample bottles of different shapes and sizes and all kinds of stuff. They're always handy to have around for for sharing different things. Whether you're going somewhere and you just want to bring a little bit of something to share. Or collecting, you know, little samples of things at a gathering to take home. Uh, you know, it's just always handy to to have some around. I've I've yeah. I've run out several times, and it's just always aggravating to not have sample bottles around. So now I yeah. just keep loads of them. Yeah, I just actually just ordered um, a whole bunch myself, and they're going to be coming on Friday, which is perfect. Because then I can ask, you know, you know what everybody wants, and you know, take from my set, my my collection, and bring it and share, and it'll be, it'll be good. It's always it's always nice to be able to reciprocate generosity, um, not because you feel like you need to, but just because you want to. And I haven't been able to uh, in the past, and now I can grab a whole bunch of sample bottles and do what I what I want to do from the beginning. So, yeah, sample bottles are a great uh, a great means. Uh, share this uh, yeah and it's a great way to make friends i'll tell you that i've absolutely. i've uh talked to you know interacted with a bunch of people in person and even just online uh you know trading samples and things like that and then when it comes around that you know i i, I know a guy that lives out near high west now that's you know been willing to hook me up with a few things and but just because we trade little samples back and forth here and there i've given sent him some balcone stuff he sent me some other things um so keeping those on hand they're they're kind of easy to to gift to your friends and, and it's a good way to share whiskey and and, and make new friends so for sure what about you vito so I just got lost in the uh, in the Connemara. <laughs> You're having a moment over there. Yeah, it's really good. Um, so I'm going to uh, deviate again, as what I do, and uh, recommend an anime that I've been watching the last couple of weeks called "Run with the Wind." Um, now it's been it's a really entertaining. And um, show, uh, there's ten main characters, and the show does a really good job at uh, 
building upon each individual character everyone's got their role and it, it doesn't it never feels overdone or you never feel sick of a character or you feel like you're not getting enough of another character it's super well balanced but it wasn't until this last week's episode episode uh 10 where everything sort of came around and you realize what the show's really about uh to get real for a second uh self-reflection is a really um it was a really big thing, in, at least in my life, uh, being able to stop and look back for a second and just be like, what am I doing right now? Why am I acting this way? Should I be acting this way? And it, it's, it's a really fun and lighthearted anime, but, and it did it in a really, really um, non-intrusive, gentle way of showing, you know, if you're really good at something, and people are trying to get into it, not being that snobby, that snobby person. You know what I'm saying? Like essentially, how like how like this whiskey community, like the whiskey tribe, uh, tries to live by like no snobbery, lightheartedness, and shenanigans and whatnot. Of course, uh, yeah. it gives like you know it's, it's like don't get frustrated with people getting into getting into something you know step back and look at it from their perspective from their viewpoint right what are they looking at they're looking at everybody ahead of them and trying to catch up and just trying to do what they can and the people at the front sometimes don't look back and just kind of scoff and you know uh, don't take those guys seriously right so it, it was a really it's a it's a really good anime it has a and it, it's with a lot of anime there's always a really like hit home uh theme or aspect to it um and I, it, this one really resonated with me when I finally got to that point where it was a realization of the main character that sort mm -hmm. of just like, oh shit, you know, where have I been this whole time? And uh, it completely changes his mindset. And it's, it, it was, it was really, it, it, it hit home for me and it was really good. But overall, it's a really good anime. If you're not into anime, it might not be the best one to get into. But if you really like introspective, uh, moments it's it's a really good uh really good one to maybe give a shot so that's my fiddly bit today cool yeah well i just added a uh like three drops of water to the screen spot it doesn't ruin it but it doesn't help it either i would totally uh just drink it straight out of the bottle actually i just i kind of want to just bathe in it now <laughs> I just <laughs> I just want a bathtub full of this. Oh. I don't think I would suggest that. Yeah, that's probably not a great idea. It sounds luxurious, though. It does sound luxurious. <laughs> I mean, I have four bottles of it here. I could give it a try. Hey, hey now, hey, <laughs> hey, wait a second, wait a second here. <laughs> All right, shall, uh, shall to, we to call it a night tonight? To appease the yeah, chat, I definitely I just ordered a, a double bandolier that will hold sample bottles. No, you did not. Did. <laughs> Sadly, it's not oh, going to be amazing. here before I go to Toronto oh. this time, so it'll have to wait for the next one. But, oh uh, that's a thing that happened. Amazing. That's Practice incredible. All right. <laughs> With 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 that with that uh, <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> That'd be dope. Oh, Are you gonna show up with like a sombrero again, like like Maybe. you were at the 
Crowded Barrel. Maybe. <laughs> oh my God! Contact. Get get in touch with the Mediachi and uh, have him give you some pointers because that's amazing. We're gonna make oh, that happen. That's right. Brad, Brad Eastwood Leclerc. That's right. I meant to uh, since we were doing Irish whiskey. I wanted to just flash this one real quick because the Mariachi came to the house here and we hung out for a little bit and, and drank some whiskey with Vito and uh, he brought this guy along and then left it for me. Uh, yeah, the West Cork. That yeah. was really good. West Cork, super weird and interesting whiskey that they uh, Pete charred cask, like it says here. Um, so they used peat to fire the cask which is you know something I've, I've never heard of any other distillery doing uh, and it absolutely comes through in the whiskey so thank you ray i'm sure i'm sure ray ray works like super early in the morning so he's probably not around yeah, but yeah. um cheers for the uh the uh, peat chard cask yeah christina in the chat uh one of the mods <laughs> Is just mentioning that the bog oak from uh, West Cork is also really good, and it is. Yeah, he mentioned weird. that as well. And, it's super, uh, super weird. We got to get our hands. We got to get our hands on uh, on more West Cork stuff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna test out something that I just came up with uh, as a si little sign off. So as if we're all ready to go. Yeah. All right. Do it. Uh, the golden nectar flowed. Chaos ensued, and now we bid you adieu. Cheers. Slancha. Cheers.